0: Welcome to the podcast of Dr. Michael Jacobs. We believe today's message will help you walk in faith and have victory now. Amen, amen, amen. Well, it's an honor for me to be here this morning and... uh, It's an honor for me to be asked to minister. Dad, thank you so much for allowing me to minister. And Pastor Jordan, have your pulpit. It's just a great honor for me. And I'm so grateful. My family is so grateful for you. And uh, we know that where we're at today, we wouldn't be here without you. You and Mom. And I'm grateful, eternally grateful for you. And uh, I never forget that, who's helped me walk through this life and who's there with me. And who's always on the other side of the phone for me? It's always a blessing in my life. I don't know sometimes where I'd be without that phone call on the other side. Someone encouraging me and helping me. So thank you for being part of our lives. We are eternally grateful. Amen. Praise Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, are you excited today? Are you glad you're in the house of God today? Well, turn to somebody and say, I'm glad to be in the house of God today. And you can be seated. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. How many of y'all know you don't walk through this life alone? And you need to always remember who put it in you. I don't know who came up with that saying. It said something about leaving a dance with a different person. I don't know how that goes. It's rough. That's a rough. What's that? Stay with the one. Well, that's good counsel right there. I don't think that's in the Word, but you know what? That's still good counsel. It probably is somewhere. Joe Reuter said that. Is Joe here today? That's a Joe Ruder tharsis. And we're, uh, we're thankful for Joe Reuter. Amen. But that is the truth. Amen. You never travel across this landscape of this world by yourself to have any success. Amen. It's always connected to somebody else that's helped you. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Let's open our Bibles to, uh, I'm excited. Yes, Praise the Lord, I'm excited about what God's given me to share. I believe it'll be a help to you. So let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. And uh, my daddy told me to keep it within an hour, so that's what we're going to do. Not 101, 102, 106, it's one hour or less. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to obey, amen. I How many of y'all know you don't want to be brought up in a sermon? I mean, that's not good. You don't want that. Amen. You want to make sure you stay on the right path. You you don't want to be brought up in no sermon. And then you start squimmering in your chair, everybody already knows. Right? So (laughs) you don't want that. That's no bueno. No, that's right. See, I'm trying to help the Spanish people here today. But let's begin here in Matthew 6. Father, we're grateful for the word today. We're so grateful to be able to gather together around your word And Father, I'm asking you to help me to be able to minister what you put upon my heart, that it will be a help to everyone, Father. We thank you that your word never leaves us in the same place, that your word is always bringing us up. And we're excited. We're excited about your word. We're excited about what you're saying and speaking to us this morning. And we thank you right now. Father, I ask you to think through my mind and speak through my mouth. May it be all of you and none of me. And we thank you for it. And everybody said amen. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning. The title of this message is Prospering God's Way. Prospering God's Way. Now, this message that I'm preaching to you this morning, of course, is a a very large subject. And so I'm trying to hone it down to where uh, I live. And I want to talk to you about things that changed my life. It's not a sermon that I'm preaching to you. It's a one I've lived and one I'm living. And uh, and I don't know it all. I'm not a know-it-all. I'm a good student of the Word of God. But at the same time, these are things that have helped me uh, get from a place of project, a place of brokenness, a place of poverty, to a place of abundance. And, uh, and they're principles from God's Word that if we will exercise and really do these principles, it uh, crosses every form of our life, whether it's medical, whether it's financial, whether it's mental. Whatever you're dealing with, this subject matter will help in that effort. Does that make sense? So let's take a look at this in Matthew chapter 6. And, of course, this is a familiar scripture, Dr. Dufresne. He didn't write this verse, but we all think he did. He always re- went to this verse of scripture, and He was such a blessing to our life. But Matthew chapter 6, verse 30, it says, Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith. Therefore, knowing this, the word therefore means knowing this, knowing what I just said, take no thought, or we could say take no thought saying, or take no worry. The word thought means to worry or process worry through your mind. Therefore, take no worry saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things, the Gentiles or the heathen seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first, this is important, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. And we know the kingdom is within us, right? But seek ye first the kingdom of God in his righteousness. And all these things, everything, shall be added unto you. Notice he said, but seek ye first. First means priority. Priority. So we know the priority in our life is to put God first. Dr. Dufresne used to say it this way. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In other words, how God does things. How God does it. Amen. How God does things. That's what we want to look at. We want to look at how God does things. How does God, from a scriptural standpoint, how does God want us to prosper? Can we go to the word of God and see how God lays out in his word how prosperity occurs. How prosperity occurs in our health. How prosperity occurs in our marriage. How prosperity occurs in raising our children. How prosperity occurs in our finances. And the answer is yes. So let's go over here to uh, 3 John. And I know when people hear the word prosperity, they often just connect it to Money or material possessions. It certainly involves finances. But this message uh, is not about how to get more money this morning. I want you to get a hold of that. This message is not about how to get more money. This message this morning is about what the will of God is for your life. That's what it's about. It's about what is the will of God for my life. It's not a message to get more money. It it would include that, but it's all-inclusive. So it's a message about what is the will of God concerning my life in the area of prosperity. How many of y'all know money in and of itself can't buy a sound marriage, a good marriage? It can't buy children that fear God. It can't buy healing. It can buy health services, but it can't buy healing. How many of y'all know money is limited? I mean, y'all know you can have a million dollars in the bank right now and have cancer, and you're just a poor man with money because yes. you're poor in your health, yes. or you have mental problems, so you're poor in that area, or you have, you know, you have problems in raising your children, so you're poor in that area. Yes, so money doesn't fix things. I know the Bible says money answers all things, but money's not the answer to all things. Are you with me? And so let's look at this and see what. John tells us here in 3 John, and of course, you know, when John wrote this, he wrote this towards the end of his life, and uh, so I think it's interesting when you go to 3 John, or you go to 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, but when you go to the book of John, these three, these three writings, it's interesting because when John wrote this, he was in his late 80s on his way almost to heaven, and he could have written about anything. Well, he starts out in 1 John talking about fellowship. The whole book of 1 John is dealing with fellowship. Amen. And so when we come to this book, he's still talking about things that he's walked through, things that he knows, things that he's, that's been weighty in his life. When the Apostle John was, was uh, selected by Jesus, he was anywhere from 13 to 16 years old. He was very young, the youngest of all the apostles. So he had been walking with God for about 70 years. So looking back on 70 years of ministry, walking with God, what would John write about? What, what is weighty on John? What is so important to John that before he leaves the planet, he's trying to get over to people? That, that's the way we ought to think when we approach this, these verses of Scripture. So it says in verse 1 that you are familiar with this Scripture. It says, the elders unto the uh, well-beloved Gaius, whom I loved in the truth. Now that's important. The truth is the Word of God. Beloved, I wish, or I pray, it'd be better, I pray above all things that thou mayest prosper. John is saying, I know this is the will of God for your life. If it wasn't the will of God for your life, how many of y'all know John would have wrote about it after walking with God 70 years? Yeah. Yes. He would have looked back and said, I know God wants you sick, broken, weak. I, I know God wants you to have cancer. He wants you to have a gorder. You know, because I've walked with him so long, I would know. But he doesn't mention any of that. He's saying he's coming from a standpoint that I've walked with God and now I'm trying to help pull you up to a place that I've just finished. And so he's saying here, I know, I pray above all things, above all. Above all. How many of y'all know above all is all? He said, above all things I desire, I want you to prosper. God wants you to prosper and be in health health is the will of God, even as thy, look at this, thy soul prospers. We know 1 John chapter 3, or First Corinthians chapter 3, he talks about God being the increaser, that God is a God of increase. God wants you to increase. He's not a God of decrease. He's a God of increase. He wants you to increase. You need to get that. You know that I had to get that in my spirit that God wanted me to increase. And you may think that's a simple thing, but it was profound to me. I had to get into my spirit that God really wants me to prosper. God really wants me to increase. And it's the truth of God's word. But notice what he connects this thing to. He said, even as thy soul prospers. Now, this is interesting. Uh this, uh, this, this word prosper, it means a road. It means to succeed in reaching. I like that. To succeed in reaching means to do well in your soul and to continually progress in your journey to be successful. So John is writing back to us, and he's telling us how God wants us to prosper, how God wants us to prosper in our journey, how God wants us to prosper in our health. He points to the soul. He doesn't point to your spirit. He points to your soul. He's pointing to something that has bearing in your life every day. He's pointing to the mind. So he's pointing to the mind as the place that's going to be the most difficult for you and I. He's pointing to the mind where you're going to need the most help. If you're going to walk in health, it is a solical problem. If you're going to walk in soundness of mind, it is a solical problem. If you're going to walk in abundance financially, it is a solical problem. Yeah. If you're having problems in your life, it's often connected to the soul. Now, the Spirit has a part to play. We'll deal with that a little bit later. Yes. But I want you to see that He said, I can prosper if my soul prospers. Yeah. The Young's Literal Translation says this, Beloved, concerning all things, not some things, all things. Right concerning all things I desire thee to prosper right. and to be in health even as thy soul prospers. Yes, well the word even, even as means in accordance with. Okay. So in other words, in other words, my life will always keep pace with my soul. Wow. My soul never rises above the level amen or my or my life never rises above, above the level of my soul. Right. Yeah. They keep pace with one another. That's, right. That's important that you understand that. Listen, I can preach to you and you can run around here and we can all jump and flop and we can all do that and I'm all for that. I'm all for, you know, uh, inspirational preaching. I'm all for taking a lap and I'm all for sweating and all that. You know, it's praise God. There's a place for all that. But how many of y'all know when you get done, you still got the same soul? And that same problem is still looking at you and until you do something about your soul, how many of y'all know the lap didn't change you? Now that would inspire you, and sometimes it can knock things off of you. And I'm all for that. I'm not di- di- diminishing any of that. I can lay hands on you; and you can get free from something. Amen. And like Dad, uh, Dr. Jacobs prayed last night; and people got delivered. That that departed. But how many of y'all know you still got to deal with your soul if you're going to walk in a prosperous and have a prosperous journey. It's still connected to the soul. And this is not somebody talking about that walked with Jesus for three weeks. We're talking about somebody that walked with him for seven decades and is now turning back to us saying, listen, this is the real issue. This is the real issue. The way you think is the real issue. It's not a issue, it is the issue. It's the issue to stinginess. It's a way of thinking. You're not getting a hold of your body and dealing with your body. It's a way of thinking. Until you change the way you think, you cannot change the way you live. You've got to change the way you think first. When you think the way you think first, you enter into another place that you weren't before. But until the mindset change, the life set cannot change. Right? So it starts in the mind. The problem is in the mind. The battlefield is the mind. It always has been and always will be. The place that gives you the most difficult is the way you think. How many of y'all know the devil is defeated? I know he's not, he's not inactive. He's active, but he's defeated as far as you and I are concerned. And it really, God has given me his word to change my mind, to change my thinking so that I can change the way I live. If I don't change the way I think, I cannot change the way I live. Romans 12, 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind that you may what? discern, prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. You cannot get into the perfect will of God if you don't renew your mind. And if you don't renew your mind, then you choose to remain the same. If you don't renew your mind, by default, you are choosing to remain the same. That's a fact. That's a spiritual, scriptural fact. So when Paul, when John is dealing with this, he's dealing with a mindset. He's saying, Listen, you got to get a hold of this mind. God, yes, God does want you to prosper, but don't forget, you got a soul to deal with. Yes. Proverbs 23:7 says, As a man thinketh in his heart, the Hebrew says, in his mind, his thinking, so is he. Back then they weren't they weren't they didn't have a brand new spirit. They still had a dark spirit. How many of y'all know that? Yes. So God's will is for you to prosper but it's connected to your soul. Well, praise God. Satan understands this. He understands this very well. And he knows that whoever controls the mind controls the person. Whoever controls the mind controls the person. He knows that. That's why the greatest battle is in the mindset. The greatest battle to get you into health is a mindset in your soul. The battle is in the soul. If we could get people to renew their mind to the Word of God, you would have very few prayer lines. Because the Word of God will grow health. It will grow deliverance. It will grow prosperity. It will grow everything you need it to grow. Now, I'm not diminishing a prayer line until we get there. How many of y'all know that's important? It's important to have a prayer line. It's important to lay hands on people, especially people that don't know anything or they're learning, they're growing and we're patient with them and we love them. But we got to give them the truth to say, hey, baby, you don't have to stay here. Yeah, you're right. yeah. God has made another way for you that if you'll take the word of God and you'll get the word of God in you and you allow that word to grow and you'll meditate on that word, you'll cultivate that word yes. and cultivate that seed, then that thing will begin to grow up out of your yes. spirit and renew your mind and your life will be transformed. And that, my friend, is W-O-R-K. And most people don't want to put in the work. It's available, but they're not willing to put the work in, so you're not willing to walk in what's provided. Now, I'm not diminishing if you have health problems today or making fun of that. We all have areas of our life. I'm not perfect. We all have areas of our life that we're challenged. We all have areas in our life that we're trying to get renewed. Amen? And we're on our way. But don't lose sight of this is the this is the answer. This is the answer. It's not a white thing, a black thing, a Hispanic thing, a project thing. It is a mindset. Amen. Poverty, sickness, disease, and every form of darkness is an attack on the soul. And when your soul isn't prospering, that part of your life won't prosper. If you're having problems in your body today... Again, this isn't a criticism, but if you're having problems in your body and your body is not in line with the word, you ought to ask yourself, what am I doing with the word to produce healing in my life? What am I doing to produce it? You know, if you went down to Home Depot today and you went down there and you said you wanted to plant some tomatoes, how many of y'all know you're going to go to the tomato line and you're going to get tomato what? That's all you're going to get. You may get a tomato plant and transplant it. That's true. But mostly we get seeds. And what's on the outside of a seed bag is a picture. The picture represents potential. It represents what could be if you cooperate with seed. But if you don't cooperate with the seed, how many of y'all know taking that seed and putting it, taking the seed home and putting it in the drawer won't give you tomatoes? You put it in the drawer, and you wouldn't expect, well, I'm going out tomorrow to see tomatoes. But tomato you got to get the seed in the ground. We all understand that when it comes to natural things, but when it comes over to the realm of the Spirit, it works the same way. Jesus always used agricultural things, natural things, to explain spiritual principles. And so if I've got the seed, this is what changed my life. I've been with Dr. Jacobs over 30-something years. I don't even know, long time. But what changed my life is when he got up many years ago and we were over in the, down the road there, I don't know, in the suite, and he started talking about the power of this seed and he started talking about what my responsibilities are, changed my life. I said, I just heard what I needed to do. This thing's on me. It's what I've got to do to cooperate with this seed to get this seed into my heart in order for it to produce in my life. And that rests on me, not on anybody else. Uh It's my responsibility to do that. And so John is trying to explain that to all of us. He's trying to say, listen, God wants you in health, even as your soul prospers. God wants you in finances, even as your soul prospers. God wants you to have a great marriage, even as your soul prospers. God wants you to have God-fearing children, even as your soul prospers. God wants you to have joy even as your soul prospers. God wants you to have peace even as your soul prospers. I know it resides on the inside of your spirit, but your mind is what blocks it all. Your mind talks you out of the plan of God. Your mind will talk you out of what belongs to you. And one Greek expositor writes on this verse, I really like what he says here. He said, the apostle's good opinion of his friend, which would be God, that his soul prospered. This is such a thing as soul prosperity. The greatest blessing on this side of heaven. The greatest blessing on this side of heaven is soul prosperity. Because it connects to every part of your life. So these verses of scriptures don't promise you money. It would include it. It doesn't promise you money. What it does is reveal God's word and his will for your life. So when you read it and you say, God wants me, I'm reading God's will. God's will is for me to prosper. We know that. But notice what he's connecting it to. He's connected it to your soul local parts. Amen. A prosperous soul is when a person's mind, will, and emotions are under the rule of his spirit and the word of God. That's a prosperous soul. When my soul is prospering, that means my mind, which is the command center, my mind, my will, and my emotions are all channeled through the Word of God. That the Word of God now controls how I think. It controls how I live. It controls where I go. It controls how I respond. It is a control center. It's the soul. And a prosperous soul is one that's governed by the word. An unprosperous soul is one that's not. That that area in your life is not in Christ. That area in your life is not under the word. It's out of control. And when it's out of control, it's because your soul in that area, whatever that area is, is out of control. And it's the word of God that will bring it back into control. Prosperity is not you waiting on God. Prosperity is when you take the word of God and make what God has done for you your own. Wow. That's really That's good. Good. Sometimes we're well, you know, I'm just waiting on God. Well, we waiting on God for He gave you the word of God for you to have a prosperous journey. Right. And the part is, you're not doing your part to have a prosperous journey, right. and you're thinking that just instantly something's going to happen in your life, and it does not do that. God said, "Listen, I have, I have ordained." I want you to have a prosperous journey. I want you to live in health and wealth and all these wonderful things that we have. And he says, now here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the answer. Now it's up to you. So it's not about what is God going to do. It's about what we're going to do with the Word of God in our solical parts to get our soul in line with God's Word so that we can start enjoying the things Jesus paid the price for. That's what it's all about. It's about getting your mind in line with God's Word where God's Word is dominating every aspect of your life. That, my friend, is prosperity. Yeah. When you and your wife come to a place where there is no more strife because we don't think that way no more. Wow. Really good. We think forgiveness and joy and peace. There is no more poverty because we don't think poverty no more. We've done what we need to do to renew our mind to the Word of God, and we're givers, and we're doing all the things we need to do to get our mindset changed. Are y'all getting this this morning? This is the problem with people. Listen, I've been pastoring where I am over 22 years, going on 23 years, and you know that, pastors. When you sit and you talk to somebody in your office, nine times out of ten, it's a historical problem. I'm dealing with this, Pastor. I'm dealing with this. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm not, I'm not making fun of that. I love people. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. And I say, okay, here's what you're going to have to do. Here's what you're going to have to do. Here's what you, 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 you. You getting it? You. Not me, you. This is what you're going to have to do. Oh, I got to do it. Yeah, you're going to have to do something. I know you just came in here for me to pray over you and get delivered and just think everything's just going to be rosy. But now, baby, it's work. So here's what you are going to have to do. And what do we do as pastors? We give them scriptures. We say, here's the way you get. Listen, we don't have King James 2.0. Same one I'm preaching on Sunday. Same one you're going to get in a counseling session. So we're going to go ahead and give you the word of God. And we're going to pray over you. We're going to cast the devil out. We're going to do everything we need to do for you on our side. And then you have to see that this is your answer yeah. and then you take that word and apply it to your life continually and ongoingly yeah. then your mind gets in line with God's word and then the blessing of the word begins to manifest in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's how this thing's going to get turned around in your marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, come yeah. on. The problem in your marriage is not you blaming each other. The problem is an unrenewed mind on both sides. Yeah. 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 Now you don't know who I'm married to. Come no, on. it had nothing to do with it. You ain't going home with them. I understand that, but if both of us will realize we got mind problems and we got soul problems and we start dealing with our soul, we're going to have a sweet Holy Ghost marriage. But a sweet Holy Ghost marriage don't just happen. You got got to do something about your soul. If you don't do something about your soul, you cannot do anything about your life. Get a hold of that. Cannot. It's impossible. Amen. So prosperity is not about you waiting on God. God's waiting on you to do something with his word. He's like, I gave him 66 books down there. I gave him so much seeds. I gave him so many pictures. I gave him pictures of the word. I mean, I've done it all for him. But you know what they want me to do? They want me to open their mouth. They want me to stick the word in. They want me to water it for them. They want me to do all that so that they can have something. See, when he preached that 30-something years ago, I realized I have a responsibility. It's not on him. It's on me. It's on my fa- It's on me and what I'm supposed to do with this word. Well, praise God. Look at this in James 1. James chapter 1. And when we realize this, we'll stop blaming everybody else. We'll stop blaming our government, our culture. We'll stop blaming the people. We'll stop blaming the color of our skin. We'll stop blaming all that stuff, and we'll realize, listen, the Word of God is not bound. The Word of God is not bound, and it is not favored toward any color anybody or any country we live in. It's about me taking the Word of God and me putting the Word of God in my heart and me developing that Word and allowing that Word to come out of my life and change my life. That's what it's about. It's not about not being born in the right family. It's not about, you know, living in the projects. It's not about this color of my skin. No, it's not about any of that. I understand all that affects soul, but no matter what we're, the way we were raised or what we're dealing with, what affects soul, that soul can be changed. That soul can be changed. No matter where you're at, the Word of God, is, as Paul said, is not bound. It ain't bound whether you're in prison or whether you live in Africa or whether you live in Mexico or whether you live in America. The Word of God is not bound. The devil cannot bind the Word. If you take that Word and get it in you, the devil cannot bind it, and it will produce no matter where you are. So really is dealing with what I'm doing with this Word. What am I willing to do with this word? Yeah. Yeah. Now my increase is tied to a job. No, it ain't. Yeah. People, folk running all over this, all over the country for two dollars an hour, twenty thousand dollars in a new car, and devil takes you right out of your pastor, takes you right away from your pastor, where you're going to have more increase than you ever dreamed. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, now for an extra twenty thousand, we're we going to go somewhere else. Where are you going to go to church? I don't know. You know a good one? Yeah, the one you're leaving. Yeah. <laughs> Pastor, I'm, dry, I'm flying up here. I'm going to move up here to New York City. You know a good church? Yeah, the one you're leaving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the one you said God sent you to. How is God changing his mind? And then God's carrying you up to New York and he don't even know where you're going to church. Yeah, all your life. What's the devil trying to do? He's trying to get you out from a pastor that's going to help your soul. Because that pastor is going to help that soul. And then you're going to see some things you've never seen. And then when you start reaching for things you've never seen, you'll walk in things you never dreamed. I never dreamed my life would look like it does today. Never dreamed it. And it's been the word of God, and having a man of God in my life, Amen. that's made yeah. all the difference. Yeah. Really good. All right, let's get on with this. James chapter one. James chapter one. Now I want you to listen to these words real careful. These are important. James chapter. With that in mind, what we've been talking about. James chapter one. It says in verse twenty one. It says, "Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness." Of course, that's a whole different teaching. And receive the word. Receive. There means to accept. It means to act upon. Receive. Receiving is an action word. Did I go around the curve and you went out the door? Hang on a minute. It's, a, it's, it's an action word. All right. Receive with what? Meekness. The engrafted. Circle that word. The engrafted word. Look at this. The engrafted word which is able to save, deliver, that word saved is, is, is an all-inclusive word. It means healing, deliverance. It's an all-inclusive word. So he's not talking about just new birth. He said, and receive the engrafted word which is able to save your what? Not your spirit. You have the word of God for your soul. It feeds your spirit, of course. But it's to convert the soul to get the soul in line with what the spirit already knows. How many of y'all know God's already downloaded everything in your spirit when you got born again? But how many of y'all know it wasn't automatic? It's not automatic. The automatic prosperity comes, automatic healing comes, automatic, no, because you've got a will to deal with. And it has to be your will that you willfully get into the word and allow that word to get in you. That is a will. That is a will choice. So God said, I put all that on the inside of you and if you take that word and you start planting and watering what I already put on the inside of you, it will come up out of you and it will change your thinking and it will change your life. But if you don't do anything with the word of God, how many of y'all know the word of God ain't doing anything with you? So he says here, you can receive the engrafted word, which is able to save or deliver. If you like that word better, your soul. Right. Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Right. For if any man hear of the word, excuse me. If any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass or in a mirror. Right. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forget of what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, or we can say the word of God, Mm -hmm. and continueth, he's ongoingly, continually looking and doing, Mm -hmm. therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Look at this. A doer of what? It's work. It's work. It ain't easy. For you criticize somebody walking in a place you're not. No, they've done something with the Word. You'd be smart to get with them, find out what they did instead of openly criticizing them. Be not forgetful. Notice this, being being not a forgetful hearer of the Word, but a doer of the work, this man shall be. He shall be. That's the strongest word you can use, I'm told. Not a Greek scholar, but I'm told that's the strongest word you can use. You shall be. He said, if you become a doer of the work, if you become a doer of the word, if you allow the word to work in you, he said, you shall be blessed. Yes. He doesn't connect that to anything other than the mind. Because in verse 21, he tells you and I that we have to receive the engrafted word. The Amplified, verse 21, he says, welcome welcome the word which implanted listen to this, and rooted in your heart contains the power to save your souls. The Word of God, not just heard, not just coming to church. Oh, Pastor, that was a great message. What are you going to do with it? It's not coming to church. It's not going to group. It's not going to prayer. No, 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 no. There's nothing that can take the place of you doing the Word. It's not pastor doing the word and then I get in on what he did. I get in on the revelation that he studied out. But for me to get that word in me, that becomes a personal choice of mine that I'm going to be a doer of the word of God. So he says, welcome the word. Now that's important. Welcome the word which is implanted and rooted in your hearts contains the power to save your souls. Notice it's the engrafted word that reaches your heart that has the power to deliver the soul. This is how change takes place. Amplified again, he says, welcome the word which implanted and rooted in your hearts. We know Romans 10, I'll have time to go there. Romans 10, 8 through 10 says, the word is nigh thee in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. Mm -hmm. So he says, the word welcomed and rooted in your heart contains the power. So what does the Word have to do? The Word's got to get to the heart because the Word, we know that Romans 1 tells us that it is. It's not a power. It is the power of God. It has the power in and of itself planted in the Word to produce healing, to produce joy, to produce finances, to produce everything. This is true prosperity. It's not just having money. Money's included. But what about all the other parts of prosperity? Are y'all with me today? But he says the engrafted word, the engrafted word, the engrafted word. Well, the word engrafted, we know that. It means implanted. The implanted word. It also is an interesting word. It means transplanted. It's like if you were getting a heart transplant. And let's just say you needed a heart transplant your body has to go through certain, has to prepare for that heart. If your body doesn't prepare for that heart before a heart transplant, then your body will reject that organ. Now, I think it's interesting because when he uses this word engrafted, that speaks volumes to me. And so what is he saying? He is saying that when you start hearing the word of God, the thing you start doing at first is rejecting it. Mm-hmm. How many times you preach to somebody go, I don't know if that's me. I don't know if I could ever do that. That just seems too good to be true. That That's just for you beyond where I'm at. I mean, Pastor, I'll just never get there. I mean, you just don't know where I was born. You just don't know this physical condition. You just don't know this. You just don't know. Pastor, you just don't know. What is happening here? Reject, 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 reject. I'm re- Listen to me. I'm rejecting the very thing that will deliver me. Because a heart transplant is what will save you. You want the heart because you want to be salvaged. You want to be saved. You want the new kidneys because you can't function without them. You want They're going to help you. You want the new liver. You want these parts because it's the one thing that will save you. And the word, James is using this word. James is saying, listen, if you take this word, the first thing your system wants to do is rebel against it. It wants to say, not me. It'll never be. You know how I know? I know because it happened to me. When he started teaching on um, finances about how you can get beyond where you are, if you will tithe and you will honor God and you will give to God and you will do it in faith and you do all these things, and you start renewing your mind to the Word of God, the Word of God will grow out of you and it will transform you. Well, I heard that Word, and that's when I started to go to work on my soul. And at the time, many of you heard my testimony, but at the time, you know, we were living out in Cordon, or Lanesville, rather, and uh, on the border between Lanesville and Cordon. We were living in the backside of a cornfield, you know, in in a trailer. And that's where I heard this message. And this trailer that we lived in, my wife and I, we had a three-legged couch because the fourth leg was gone. We had, we had mice running through there. We weren't dirty people, but we lived on the back of a cornfield. We had mice running through there all the time. I know Dad makes mention of being able to make a, a code out of mice that he killed. I felt the same way. I mean, at least a scarf. I mean, I know I could have got a mouse scarf or something. I mean, I'd come home on Wednesday night after church and they'd be sticking out of my garbage can looking at me inside my house. I'd take off my shoe and hit them in the head. He started talking about that and the, and the people that lived there before us, they had a dog and it smelled like wet dog. You ever smell a wet dog? It smells horrible. And I started vacuuming that carpet and vacuuming that car, and shampooing that carpet till the fibers were coming out. And I still couldn't get that thing to smell any better than a wet dog in there. And so I got one polyester jacket just got into the church real good, and he stopped talking about prosperity. I'm where James 1 is right now. I had a car that when you hit a bump, it went like this for the next mile. I'd pay my tithe that was $18. And I'd pay my tithe, and I didn't know if I was going to have, well, I didn't. I didn't have gas money to, to go to work when I come to church, but somebody would always slipped me maybe a 20 Back then, you bought pretty good gas for $20. Or they do something for me and my wife. God was showing me I can take care of you. Yeah. But it's through this word and through your soul. Yeah. I always thought living in the projects that, you know, you're going to get out if you get a good education. I hated school, so that was out. Yeah. And uh, I did. I didn't do good in school. I couldn't read, right? I, I mean, I could read, but I wasn't a good, very good reader. So I knew that was out. And, and you know, and so it, it looks pretty helpless and hopeless. And you're in that place. And then someone's giving you the answer. And in those moments that the answer comes, you don't think it's the answer. You want to dispel that because the enemy was saying, your answer is go back in the military. Then you can get get your needs taken care of because I just got out of the military. You can get your needs taken care of, everything. What are you doing this for? And so I took the word of God and I'm standing in this trailer and walking up and down this carpet, three-legged couch smelling this nasty carpet. Saying, I'll never be broke another day of my life. I'm blessed coming in, and I'm blessed going out. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And at the time, we didn't have much food. We didn't have money. We didn't have two nickels to rub together. I mean, we were... We were in a bad way, but I kept speaking that word and speaking that word. It seemed like every time I took a step, there were mental thoughts attacking me. You're stupid. It's not going to work. How is saying any of that change what you're doing? You need to go get a better job. You, it, so all this pressure is coming against my mind because I am speaking the word of God. And I started to connect that, that this pressure is coming because of plantation. Because I'm planting and watering now. And the enemy now is uh, his counterattack, is the mind. And so I and so I just kept speaking the word, and I just kept speaking the word, and I kept saying the word, and the tax just kept coming and kept coming. I would have to call people and say, "Hey, you know, we can't pay our this bill this week. We didn't make enough money, and and, and, you know, they just didn't make the cut that week. (laughs) You You only got so much money on Friday." And I'd have to call Sears and, you know, so many people say, y'all, you need to make the cut. I ain't going to be able to pay you this week, maybe next week. I would write checks in one place and try to cash it somewhere else. I mean, that's the way way I lived. But see, growing up and seeing my mom standing in a cheese line and moved 56 times before I was in the fifth or tenth grade, changed schools all the time, always lived in a place where it was, you know, not very nice where I see my mom sell everything she has and move to Indiana and then she moved to Florida and then we moved to, you know, Mississippi then we moved to, you know, all over the place. And I'd see her sell that stuff and sell that stuff and remove, sell that and remove, sell that, remove. And the last time she did that, we were in a gremlin, all of us coming home, AMC gremlin. Wow. And you know what it did? It did something to my mind. Yes. Right. Right, yeah. So I was bound in my mind. That was my problem. And that's when the light switch went off in my mind thinking, this: if I get my mind changed, I get my life changed. It's no longer about how smart I am or the breaks that I can get from man or my education. It's not connected to any of that. It's connected to me do something about my soul. Right. Yeah. Amen. So you know what I started doing? Doing something about my soul. And when I was speaking, I was planning, I was watering, and this went on for some period of time, and um, and, and, you know, and naturally, my body or my mind wanted to reject all this truth. I mean, you could have told me, God wants you blessed, I go, yeah, okay, praise God. You don't know where I live, praise the Lord. See, my mind was rejecting it. You can be sick so long, you can't see yourself well. And so, when you start feeding on healing scriptures, the devil in your body and your mind is going to tell you, you're never going to get on it. You've always been this way. You got high blood pressure, you got diabetes, you got this, you got that. It is not, that's not the problem. The problem is in the soul that the Word of God has not grown out of the soul to deliver you from sickness. It's a soulical problem. So whether you need healing, whether you need joy, whether you need peace, it's what am I doing with the word? What am I doing to get this thing, whatever this thing is, turned around in my life? He's given me the word of God, just like a tomato seed. You know, it's just potential. Here's what you could have if you do the work. You don't get it because you have seed. You get it because you plant it and water and cultivate and you stay with it until it develops and it grows. Then you're able to pick the fruit of healing, pick the fruit of prosperity, pick the fruit of joy, pick the fruit of peace. It grows. And I sat in that trailer and I I kept speaking and speaking the word of God and I tell you, nothing changed. Seemed like nothing was changing. I was so discouraged at times, I just wanted to quit, but I'd get back up. I said things I shouldn't say, but I got back up and said, Father, forgive me. I was just struggling. Right. Sometimes when we're struggling financially or we're struggling mentally or we're struggling in our body, this struggle is, is somewhat natural or n- normal, right. right, because you're going through this process. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to let the process play out. Yeah. And through that, I started trusting in God's Word. And there were times that you know that it weren't very 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 good, but at this I just I wouldn't quit. You gotta see the word of God as your answer. This is the answer. And you gotta realize something too, that the word of God will never germinate in your mind. It germinates in your spirit. That affects your mind. Your mind and your, your solical part and your spirit are so intertwined you can only separate them to teach about them because they're intertwining everything. So there's no work that's done in my spirit. It's through my spirit that I grow this word and cultivate this word and speak this word and meditate this word and fellowship with this word that it starts to come up and it starts to impact this. Then once it impacts this, it's called revelation. Revelation. That changes everything. Changes everything. Wow. everything changes. Amen. Look at this in Proverbs 4 real quick. I just got 10 minutes. I hope you're okay. Proverbs chapter 4. The word of God will not germinate in your mind. It germinates in your spirit. And for that to happen, you have to confess and meditate on the scriptures continually. You know why? Why? Because that's an action of your will. Listen, if you're not speaking, it's because you don't believe it. Believing is speaking. Speaking is believing. If you're not speaking, you're not believing. How do we believe? By faith. How is faith released? Through words. So if I'm not speaking it and I'm not saying it, I'm just hoping it will happen without my involvement. And that don't work. Well, that should just happen because I'm a pastor. It should just happen because I'm a believer. It should just happen. God knows I need healing. God knows I need some money. God knows I need this. God knows I need that. And he said, yeah, I do know you have need. But I've already met your need. I've already given you everything you need. And it's about what you're doing with what I gave you. So he says here in Proverbs 4, he says, my son, verse 20, we know these scriptures. My son attend means obey, means to do it. My son attend, do my words, seeds. Notice this is plural. Mm -hmm. Put the word seed out by the word words, seed. My son attend, do my seeds. Incline thy ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy what? Heart. Heart. For they, God's word, are seeds, are life unto those that find them, look at this, and health to all their flesh. Now that's the word of God, people. That's the word of God. That's what the word of God said. He said, my word is the answer to health. My word is the answer to everything. And when we see it and the light switch goes on, that's when things begin to change. That's when the real work begins. And as I was speaking the word and speaking the word and speaking the word and planting the word and watering the word and speaking the word until it was coming out of my ears, looking all around me, nothing's changing. Cars falling apart, mice running through the house. And then you look around, other people look like they're prospering and they've got nice things and you can't really put clothes on your babies and you barely can get diapers and You look at all that, it's discouraging. I understand that. Or you look at somebody healthy and you're not. You're not, listen, you're not bound by your circumstances. That's not what's binding you. You're not bound by your circumstances. Your circumstances can change when you decide to change them with the word of God. I am not a prison to my life. And I am not going to let the devil imprison me to sickness or disease or mental torment or anything. Not when he's given me the word of God to grow this thing out of me and to have the kind of mind I want, have the kind of body I want, to have the kind of thinking I want, to have the kind of life I want. He's offering it. I think the greatest disease in the church is spiritual laziness. It's easy for me to point to somebody or point why things aren't working. It's really, it's square right in your lap. It's God's, what are you doing with my word? Well, how are you making changes in your life with my word? What's going on with you and my word? Yes. Well, Lord, you know, that's the problem. Well, Lord, you know, you talk to your nose, no, no, no. And it's, it's just simple. I'm not mad about it. I want to help people. And if they can see this, All I'm simply saying is that sometimes when we face situations, they seem paramount, so large, so big. Believe me, I've been there. I've had dark moments at times in my life that are just, you know, I don't even want to talk about them because they ain't worth talking about. But it's the word that's brought me through. It's the word that's gave me a sound mind. It's the word that gives me joy. It's the word that gives me peace. It's the word that keeps me moving forward because I know what's possible. And if you know what's possible, potential then you got something in front of you to reach for. Healing is available. Joy is available. Peace is available. If I'll just do what it takes to make that happen. But I remember one day, I stayed with the Word. I don't know how long it took. I don't even remember now. It was a while. But I remember the one day that came. That's what stood out to me. Not the longevity of how long I had to stand. (laughs) It was the time that baby came up. And I remember, I remember when that seed came up, and I, I stopped for a moment, and I said, something's changed. Yeah. Everything around me looks identical, but not in here. Yeah. Yes. It didn't change overnight, but it changed instantly here. Yeah. Yeah. Really I knew something just took place. Something happened on the inside of me. Yeah. Something just happened. Yeah. And I told my wife, I said, something's happened. Yeah. And you know what it was? Blades. First the blade, Mark 4, remember that? Yeah. He said the kingdom of God is that if a man should cast, what's the kingdom of God? It's in you. Yeah. He said as a man would cast what? Seed yeah. into what? The ground. Yeah. What is the ground? Your heart. Yeah. He said this is how the kingdom works. Yeah. You take that word, you put it on the inside of your heart, you give it water, you give it light, and over a period of time, mm-hmm. seed, time, yeah. we don't like that middle part, harvest. We just want to go seed harvest. But there's some time in between here. You know, you don't go out plant a tomato and the next day you go have your nice juicy red tomato. Right, right. You, it do not work that way. See, time harvest. You got to work that thing. And that's what this is. I'm not working to earn it. You can't earn anything. It's it's working it through my soul. Out of my spirit into my soul that my mind is in syncopation with my spirit. So now this and this is in line with this and the blessings begin to come out into my life. My mind and my spirit is aligned. And my spirit and my mind is aligned with the Word. And my mouth is aligned with the Word. My life is aligned with the Word. So now what I'm seeing in my life is a manifestation of the seeds that I planted in my heart of healing and health and joy and peace and victory. And between all that, I can get in a prayer line, say, Pastor, lay hands on me. I'm on my way. I'm working this seed. I'm working this thing. But I'd like to have some of that anointing you got. Right, And then they lay hands on you and it helps you and you get back up and you're more inspired and you're already ready to go. Lay hands on me again. I'm still working this thing. I'm not being lazy. I'm working this thing and things are changing into my life. So we do it all. But you can get to a point where that seed is developed and producing. And now, right now, I asked the Lord, I got a minute and a half. I asked the Lord, I said, uh, why did it take so long for for this to get turned around, poverty and model. I can't even think broke no more. Yeah. Right. Worth millions of dollars on paper. I don't have millions in the bank. I got a lot, but I'm just I'm not saying that to brag. Right. I'm just saying where God brought me. Yeah, right. yes. Bringing attention to Him, not me. Yeah, you're right. I said, Why did it take so long? He said there were two things happening. He said when you were confessing the Word, you were choking out all the old wow. doubt, unbelief all the things that were in you that were rooted in you as a kid. He said the Word was choking all that out. He said, and at the same time, you were planting new seed. And he said, that takes longer. Takes longer to wipe out a field, recultivate it, and then come back in with seed. I had to uproot all that other stuff, and then I started putting a Word in me, and now we're plowing this thing, getting this thing going. And you got to use patience in between that, yeah. knowing this is the goal, this is the goal, this is the vision, this is what God's getting yeah. before me, and that's what I'm going after right there. Yeah. And in between here, it's going to take patience. Yeah. And in between here, it's going to take a little bit of time. Yeah. But you can get it turned around. 1 yeah. yeah. Corinthians chapter 3, I think it's verse 6 or 7 there, it says that you'll be rewarded for your work. That's right. It's a work. Yeah. I probably didn't quote that right, but that's what it means. Right. He's talking about the increase that you will be rewarded for your work. So when you look at somebody and you know that they're moving with God in certain areas, you ought to ask them, hey, what are you standing on? What are you doing to get your, why why are things divine orderly in your life like that? Well, I'm working this thing. I'm working this seed. I'm working this word. And my life now looks. That's ultimately what God wants to do. That's ultimately what a renewed mind is. A renewed mind is a mind that, that thinks in line with God's word. Two seconds left, and that's my message. Amen. Isn't God good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Well, I hope it helped you. And uh, just continue. I, I just start wherever you are. You know, I had to start where I was at. And no matter what area of your life that you feel like that maybe you're not where you need to be, just start where you are. But you'll never get there if you don't start. Don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. God loves you. He's so compassionate with you. He's so gentle and he wants you to succeed. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. To view Dr. Jacob's travel itinerary, order products and more, please visit cotrin.org/mjm